0: Great. Welcome everyone. Uh, great to see your faces or your names on the on the screen. Um, uh, I am in Asheville, North Carolina, at the moment, uh, in my my other office, with the remnants of various real estate projects behind me on the wall, and and a small lithograph, which I hope you can't see too well. Um, but we are super excited today because uh, so much is going on and we all live very kind of different lives today sort of connected electronically but not necessarily in person faces I love doing these teas I get to see people who normally I don't get to see um and uh and so it's it's wonderful thank you for joining us um I, we we were talking briefly before starting recording just a little bit about covid and what the actual statistics are it's it's always a little humbling there are people on on the call that know a heck of a lot more than i do uh uh doctors phd's and md's and we we welcome you know corrections and and if there's anyone that knows more about the economy Then you can, you can take, you can take over and do the tea next time after I'm done uh, here. The COVID has had a huge impact on the economy. Um, Not all bad. Certainly not, not all bad on the stock market. When you look at the stock market, we were discussing how November, uh, even though the election results were not let's say, uh, accepted by everyone. November was the best month, uh, for the Dow Jones, uh, since 1987. And, uh, that's good news. It also raises sort of cautionary flags, uh, at least for me, I tend to be a worry person anyway, when things go up and up, that makes me a little anxious. Um, but, uh, Certainly stock investors and real estate investors in certain parts of the country uh, have done exceedingly well in this market. The, 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 the divergence, which has gone on for a long time uh, between the tech market, uh, the tech economy, the tech employees, and let's say the service economy, the uh, retail um, uh, hospitality uh uh, and now travel uh, I was uh, 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 traveling on Monday the air the airports were were very sparse the airplanes were 25 percent full the stewardess, the hostesses and the pilots were very grateful that anyone was flying. They, they made a point of, of you know telling me that that they were grateful for their jobs to have some people flying. And as I mentioned, we were talking about the COVID. uh, Like, how do we know what the facts are about COVID? Uh, And and I'm I'm not talking from a a a science point of view, though we have scientists on the on on the line with us on on this call. I'm not talking about it from a medical uh, perspective because I'm I'm not in the medical field, but from an economic perspective, the the, uh, wherever, and unfortunately, there is so, some amount of, uh, the COVID got caught up in the elections and, and politics and wearing a mask became sort of a political statement for a while. I think we're over that now as a country. Um, uh, but the impact on the economy is, is, is tremendous and, I, I, I'm not speaking to the, the efficacy of efforts to stem the, the spread of it, just what the impact is and what the reality is on, on 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 the ground with people not going to restaurants, clearly not traveling.
1: There's there's a great statistic there, Rob. Just so when we look at traveling and U.S. airports, so if we look at the Thanksgiving weekend, the Thursday through Saturday, the three-day period, when people are traveling to see their families, uh, around 4 million people passed through TSA checkpoints, which is, which is still a really low number, but the average weekends leading up to Thanksgiving, only a million people were flying and traveling through TSA checkpoints. So just to show that you're essentially at, at a quarter you know, over a three-day period, which is a huge economic impact.
0: How do you know? My intuitive number sense was just about right on. Thank you for the for the for the confirmation. Um, so, what does that mean? What what's happening in the economy? And um, and putting there, there's this divergence between the stock market and the economy. The uh, em, uh, employment situation is is still we're about we're, we're about 50% back from where it was at the worst, so that we were in a very good employment situation before COVID hit. There was unemployment of around 3. Let's say 5% or, or something like that, and it went up to 14% when at, when things shut down in the spring, and now we're at about
1: 6.5%. Um, and my numbers are probably yeah, 6, 6.7% right now
0: twenty seven percent and so um, we have higher unemployment and likely chronic unemployment where uh, it's very likely that a certain percentage of the restaurants and hotels and and airlines will will shrink permanently um, and and then we have a certain amount of the population, the working population, that has left the workforce and that's not looking for work anymore. And so there are there are several reasons for that. It, it, it was thought that the the uh, the benefits that had flowed through the stimulus programs were making it more attractive for people to stay at home than than to go to work. Um, I'm not sure that's really true, but we have had for a number of years the problem of workforce participation of people just not, not looking for work, being content to, I don't know, content is the right word, but resigning themselves to staying home or making do in, in an underground economy. I think there's a fair amount of, of, of that going on where people are making ends meet uh,
1: by doing various things. We've we've seen a consistent decline in the labor participation rate since uh, 2010, actually. So the, I mean, one we have an aging population, but uh, since 2010, it's it's decreased from over 64% to where we're at now, which is around 61% of the population.
0: Good. Um, so. Um... What, is that, what does that mean? We'll get to some questions here in a minute. And if you have questions, if you want to email them or call up uh, Kyle or Contessa or Elizabeth. or
1: And you can, you can also enter them into the chat function uh, in Zoom, which is at the bottom of your, of your screen, which is the, the easiest way to get your questions in. Man, that's,
0: that is slick. So we, we've had a couple of questions about the U.S. dollar. Uh, about will will the dollar continue to go go down? About uh, investing in China, I, I want to spend some extra time on China. Um, and I'm going to actually go there now because I I I I think it's very interesting um, that if you look at U.S. economic activity and and let, let, let's talk, just talk a little bit more about that. The um, because the government has spent so much money to keep consumer confidence high, there actually has been an increase in personal household income since March. So this is the first time ever that, um, uh, uh, that during a recession, people actually have more money to spend and where that's showing up is in the housing market and in durable spending on things like home improvement. and you know, I mean, I know some of you uh, who are participating are always improving your homes or ranches or whatever. And that just goes without saying that, that you're helping the economy. But it, it's it's pretty well known that, that Home Depot and Lowe's are just swamped, that they're just out of stuff because people are doing things to maybe get away from them spouses or their kids because everyone's back at home and they want to build a, a new wall so that they have a you know some privacy now that that the households are coming back together again um so uh the housing housing starts are up in the country um uh the uh, Kyle, do you want to talk about that, about the, the you know?
1: It's yeah, we find it really interesting. I mean, with the decline in interest rates, which I'm sure we'll talk more about uh later, which has led to, you know, historically low mortgage rates. In turn, uh we see basically people are buying homes at kind of an unprecedented pace or at least unprecedented in in recent years uh so we see existing home sales increasing rapidly and then also housing starts so these are new houses being built also increasing at, at a rapid pace the The thing is, they they don't seem to be building houses fast enough. So while existing home sales are increasing rapidly, new home sales, so these houses that they're starting to build is not keeping pace. And so we basically have flat levels of new home sales uh, up from from last year. But over the period, as everyone's trying to buy buy homes, the the new home sales are not keeping pace with existing home sales.
0: So... Um, so the government stimulus size is, is unprecedented, I think $3 trillion so, so far, and the current bill in front of Congress is for slightly under, maybe it's not before Congress yet, um, is another close to trillion. There's a trillion dollars. There's an assumption that government spending does stimulate uh, economic growth, uh, and what we are seeing is that every additional trillion dollars are, uh, uh, is doing less and less. Would, since the 1970s, um, they've tracked the, the effect of government stimulus as diminishing. So as the size of the deficit gets larger, the, the actual uh, manufacturing or a job opportunities uh, isn't 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 uh, furthered as much so we're down to about um from a 70 cents per dollar of stimulus effect in the 70s it's about 30 cents today and and as we go from the the couple of billion of deficit to a couple of trillion to now we're approaching 30 trillion in the u.s deficit um that it places like Japan that have an even higher deficit than the US, when they create money like the US has been doing, they only get a essentially a 15% or a 15 cents per dollar effect in real economic activity by the government creating more debt and pushing through various means more money out into the economy. So it's it's almost like Uh, you're a bigger ship and so it's harder to to fuel your growth because you have to keep putting if you're using coal you have to keep shoveling more and more coal in to get uh, that heavier weight going and that's and that's where we're going in in terms of the size of our economy and the size of our debt so um,
1: as far as as far as fueling it Rob I, I think it it is really fascinating to see that there was a two-trillion-dollar stimulus, obviously, that went out to people and, and corporations, and, and we saw those consumer expenditures only increase for May and June. Essentially, we had slightly elevated levels beyond that, but it really—you put two trillion dollars into the economy, and it only lasted for, for two months. So that that fire really has to continue to be stoked in order to, you know, to keep it going.
0: Right. And so that's really the unknown now is what happens. And this all goes back to the central point of there's the science, the medical science of COVID. There's there's the ability to keep track of it um statistically, who has it, where is it, um in, in our country, and um and then we have the whole vaccine issue. About how many people will take a vaccine, how, if, how efficacious will a vaccine be? Uh, will, will the virus, um, uh, mutate, be, uh, as a, as a, uh, uh, beyond my science abilities? Um, uh, all of which is a question of how, how, how much of a comfort will people get from the, the actions being taken? either individually or by the government or the intersection in, in the public health field and and again there are people on on this call who know a lot more about public health than I do i'm I'm always just coming back to what what is likely going to be the economic effect of this on on people's uh, uh, activities and how and how ha- and how do we cope with that from a uh, selfish investment perspective, even though we're not giving investment advice because this is considered a, a public forum. Um, uh, we're, all of you who are on the phone are interested to know, well, what? how will this affect me and my portfolio? What can or should I be doing or not doing? What are the things that I should be looking ahead for uh, to see you know, if if there's cause for concern or or cause for changing, um, and when we talk about kind of the international scene, uh, uh, and I was going to start to talk about China, which I'll go back to, to me it it also it does translate back into uh, like investment strategies because there was a question: How do you invest safely in China? And of course, I have a a very flippant first response, which is that sounds like an oxymoron to me. Um, if if you're part of the power structure in China, then you have a way of investing safely, and if you're not, then you don't. And and we're definitely not in the first category of people. Um, uh, uh, the um, the Chinese uh, economy. It is apparently and I, I use that word on purpose um, because i don 't think we really know or can trust uh, numbers coming out of china. the Chinese economy, certainly from the perspective of trade, is doing very well, and um uh while the u s is still uh recovering the chinese exports uh ha- have 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 boomed back, and the chinese are uh, I, i'm i'm sure you all read different things about the uh, the foreign policy of china and their efforts to g- garner influence in in africa and south asia and and other places um and while they're stymied in some ways politically by uh, by by uh, like the administration of blacklisting chinese companies or whatever they are making real headway towards becoming uh on an equal uh uh par on uh, an uh, equal footing with the US so this the last the last year has seen a very real change in China's uh status as a world economic power and in uh, in a in a positive way for China there's no no question about that um we can we can talk about why that is and 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 what could be done about it those are kind of hypothetical but that, that that those are the facts our our deficit has increased you know like when when trump started like talking up the trade war with china and and penalizing china it's um it really has not uh Taken what, 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 what he talked about in terms of bringing manufacturing jobs to the U.S. or uh, changing the, the, the balance of trade with China has not happened. Uh, um, and so um, it, it's understandable why people would ask about investing in China. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's important to look at the impact, uh, which is, it, it couldn't be clearer, of China on Hong Kong. Right on what they have done in terms of uh, uh, forcing uh, and and squashing the, the the principles of whatever they agreed to for a certain number of years, that is gone. That is out the window, and with nary a, a negative impact on in, in the world community because people are caught up with the COVID issues. Right? I mean. Everyone is aware that that China has arrested, you know, pretty much all. I, I can't say all the dissenters, but but a lot of they, they've come down very hard, and they have they have they have they have uh, done what they wanted to do was to basically take control. That's my read of the situation, and um, and they've done that without really any blowback there's a little bit of blowback in, in the US by listing certain chinese individuals and companies uh uh, uh and and trying to curtail the, the benefits uh, but that has been uh, absolutely ineffective on the world stage and so china has used this covid as a as a as a lever to increase both their economic and political um Strength. That that's clearly one impact over the last uh, nine months. So I don't really, uh, um, you know, we we have bought certain Chinese companies. We're not really supposed to talk about them. Um, and I think, uh, but I, I think that I, I don't think there's a safe way to invest in China because when the government supports a market like the chinese do they 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 alternatively encourage their their people to invest in stocks and then if it gets too heated up they discourage them and they have all kinds of ways of doing that it's not really a a a market situation it's it's uh i i i don't know how to characterize it somewhere between a
1: Oh, I would just say it's it's really interesting because rather than us pick and choose a lot of Chinese companies, often what we're doing is we're working with other managers, you know, people that specialize in Asia or in Chinese companies. And there's a, a constant conversation when when you speak with these companies that are investing in Chinas. Their goal is always to invest in companies without State control. So they're trying to invest in companies that are not controlled kind of by the central government of China. And it's, you know, it, it leads to another type of risk, but when we look at it, they seem to definitely favor the autonomy of these companies much better than those that are controlled by the, by the governments behind them.
0: Uh. The, um, I don't know, Kyle, you could look and see the performance of the Chinese stock market versus... Yeah,
1: yeah. So the, the Shanghai index is up around 11% this year, 12% this year. Now they were the real, they've, they've been stuck in somewhat of a, a holding pattern. So when we saw the recovery out of COVID, China was the real superstar. Uh, but then they've, their their pace of growth has slowed down after that initial kind of bump.
0: So investors worldwide still favor the U.S. Um, And even with our interest rates being close to zero, which um, is not necessarily the same thing as inflation, uh, but it it has contributed with very low interest rates, um, the attraction of the U.S. to uh, international bond investors has, has gone down because you can't earn anything, right, in cash or really in short-term bonds. And to invest for five or 10 years in a two or 3% uh, bond is a, is a difficult thing to stomach. But um, the, 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 the impact of all of the deficit spending and the stimulus programs is that the US government has, uh, ha- has found ways uh, to place these new bonds um, that are very low interest rates uh, with pension funds and insurance companies and agencies of the US government. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop talking here in a minute and ask for questions. But the impact of all of that is that we have uh, such a huge national debt that um that that exists and continues to grow without concern and likely will grow even more under the the Biden administration because the Biden administration is is you know Trump was a spender no question he was a borrower and a spender uh that's how he ran his real estate a- empire and that's how you know he ran his his input into the economy um we don't really know who's going to be running the the show under Biden and what their economic uh, policy is going to be, but it's likely going to be a a uh, uh, you know a, a continuation of of the same kind of spending. And in the end, when the stock market goes up, there there has to be an impact on spending. We don't live in a world where where things are free, where you can borrow money forever and there's no impact, there's no effect of that. We haven't seen the effect of it. Uh, No one can really remember that. No one can imagine that the United States can't continue to borrow money at extremely low or zero interest rates forever in as much, in as high a dollar volume. The, The consequences of wrapping your head around that issue is, is almost too frightening for people to take on, certainly in a public venue, right? But what we see come out of it are things like Bitcoin, right? And gold to a lesser extent. But Bitcoin has gone crazy this year because it is supposed to be a safe, uh, 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 free of confiscation, portable liquid, anonymous—you know—but uh, uh, mostly a a, um, uh, a way of uh, avoiding the impact of profligate government spending.
1: And store of value is what we like to call it.
0: The store of value. Thank you. I couldn't. I couldn't quite wrap. Uh, a <laughs> succinct term uh, but that's a great so a store of value that's what we all look for right as investors we want a store of value where we can cash it in later or our kids or grandkids can cash it in later uh no matter what the heck the the, the government does i mean that's that's our goal is to diversify enough so that some damn thing is going to have value later on no matter what the story is in the in the various markets now stocks have been a great the greatest store of value the greatest and most consistent appreciating asset um along with you know real estate in some markets and that has continued under covid right you unless you're you you you're in new york city or san francisco um uh, uh, most places that have uh, uh, um, you know a decent quality of life have seen real estate values go up um, uh, I guess l a also has seen that, but I, I think that 's tapered off recently uh given that we 're involved with some real estate in California, and the prices have have dropped a little bit for the kinds of properties that we 're involved with but you know, public transportation being a concern in New York because of the, the safe quality of it. All of these things uh, are are kind of impact each other, impact the different markets. So um, Bitcoin has uh, Kyle and I did some Bitcoin investing a while back, uh, mostly for fun uh, or experimentation for diversification. Um, you you can see estimates given as bad as the government spending gets, that should be good for Bitcoin, right, Kyle? It should be. So, uh, you, you see people saying, "Well, it's a bargain at fifteen thousand um, dollars." We bought when it was what at four thousand or three thousand or something. And yeah, we
1: we've had a couple buy in periods. Uh, the last buy we did was at three thousand.
0: Um and and. Being true to form as being a, a, a disciplined investor, I, I sold half of our Bitcoin, you know, at whatever, 11,000. Uh, and it's kind of like selling Apple or Google on its way up. You know, you look back and you say, gosh, what was I thinking or not thinking? But um the question really is, what do you do today? Is Bitcoin something that you should be interested in? Each individual investor as a store of value, because when we talk about the deficit and we talk about the trade, you know, the spending deficit, the trade deficit, the problems that the country faces one way or the other. Uh, again, the question is, well, what do you do with your money? That's 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 what we are here to wrestle with every day. Uh, Bitcoin gold was something that we bought. Pretty much across the board for everyone, uh, in a disciplined fashion, and um, it's it's been good. It's not it it's like Bitcoin. You you don't buy Bitcoin in order to go to Albertsons and pay for your groceries with it. Even though PayPal now lets you buy Bitcoin, right, and 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 hold it,
1: and probably is that true, Kyle? Can it you, is true. You, you can buy and trade Bitcoin on PayPal now. And actually through this weekend, I think they're offering free transactions.
0: Normally the transactions on Bitcoin are 2%, which is substantial. It would be like buying you know, $10,000 of stock and paying a $200 commission. You would you would uh, choke on paying a $200 commission right uh, I was going
1: to say it'd be like trading stocks in the 90s
0: Well yes that's what we're used to when we when we used to look at Merrill Lynch's statements and they they charged $300 on a on a on a on a $3000 sale you know it was it was easy for investment advisors to to talk about uh you know not working on commission that's all gone away of course uh, the transaction costs are, are, are have disappeared uh, for everyone. Uh, um, so, I think why don't why don't we take some questions at this point? So,
1: I, I have I have a few questions queued up here already, Rob. Great. Um, so, we had the first question just about the I'm guessing the declining employment. So, I'm guessing it's talking about the declining labor participation rate. Is that a trend or is it just an anomaly? In- um, if I, I would be happy to jump in, I, I would think that it's actually a trend that we've seen, and there's there's various things that factor into this. One, one we have an aging population, and so people are are opting for early retirement, and part of that is fueled by the rapid expansion of the stock market. Uh, we've seen some some really big numbers, and and then there's the starting and stopping of the economy, of course, this year, which is the anomaly part where people, you know, rather than lose your job and then go back to work, they decide to, you know, no longer participate in the workforce. Um, do you see other trends there, Rob, that, that impact the participation rate? It's a very, very important
0: uh, factor in sort of the national happiness level, because people that don't work have a have a much higher incidence of depression, alcoholism, Uh, all kinds of things. There there are certainly, you know, people that aren't like that who love to hike or garden or make pots or whatever, volunteer. Um, But uh, I think we have a serious problem, not just in the sort of the baby boomer generation that should be retiring, that's not retiring, but in in the uh, sort of millennial generation of people who've graduated they cannot find work in their field. Um, but they they do find some meaning in, you know, social interaction at work, working in coffee houses, or all you know, a lot of the things that are closing up or on more limited scale. And so it's um there's there's a chronic issue that's related to there's a part of it's related to COVID, part of it's related to the the sort of the the more technological nature, the automatic, the automated nature of of things. Um, how many people does it take to run a Starbucks or a local coffee shop or a bookstore? How many, you know? Uh, and so I think it's a long term trend, and and one that leads to the discussion that 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 you'll likely hear about with the new administration, which is should there be a guaranteed income? Should everyone in the country continue to get a covid like check if they make under a certain amount of money just so that 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 um uh i don't know just so that they have money coming in if they're whether they're participating in the labor force or looking for looking for work or not uh there are Economists who feel like that is a good thing that that stimulates demand. And of course, consumer spending is 75% of the US economy. And, um, uh, as we were talking about earlier, the stimulus packages, which have, you know, basically our, 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 our debt, our national debt is now close to $30 trillion. It's, it's 128% of our gross domestic product. So all, and I, I say this each time because I'm, I'm, I, I always, I can't believe it that that our deficit is more than than we produce as a country in a year, and the typical level at which you can go up to and not be in serious financial problems and and thereby incur the wrath of the financial markets, i.e., be penalized by having to pay higher interest rates, is 100%. And And so we're well past that point, but we have not had to pay the price yet, right? What sense does that make? it It doesn't make sense. It doesn't mean it's not it's not the case. It just it's hard to believe that that can continue, right? That you can borrow at zero percent when you're a bad credit risk. Now, you can't you know to say the uS. is a bad credit risk is a little glib um but it's it's um we we're, we're not going to dig ourselves out of the hole by cutting our spending or likely uh it's possible if, if there's huge increases in productivity or or inventions or we have a, another kind of information revolution um uh that that we can't uh, afford the debt and that people who are chronically unemployed and not looking for work that there there may well be a permanent class of people who are unemployed or or underemployed because it's not that there aren't jobs but the match of skills to the jobs that are needed is not what our schools are producing right as a nation we know that there are there are um I'm gonna say literally millions of jobs in the technical area in in code writing. Um, I saw an article about, they're they're looking for ways for software to write their own software because there are not enough people around to write new software, that that's one of the constraining factors about about productivity growth in, in various things. And so in the U.S., uh, clearly the, the, the technical training is uh, whether it's a motivational or math, science, um, a deficit in the co- interest in the country. Uh, it's just, it's just reality that there are jobs waiting for people, but there's not enough skilled people in, in those fields. And so, um, and so what do we do as a country about that? How do we keep people, um, sort of productively and meaningfully uh, engaged in the society is really what we're talking about. And the, strains that we, the strain that we see in politics or, or whatever, I don't know whether that's related to it, but there, there is a disconnect. It's, it's a little bit like the disconnect between the economy and the market and the stock market, right? That the economy is... Is is not is uh, not in uh, from from uh, from the from the general population's uh, earnings power and and participation in labor is at one level, and yet the asset values of investors, which which Trump clearly was favoring in terms of the the, the tax rates and and uh, and the provisions for real estate investing. Uh, or reinvesting and, and deferring capital gains and all the things that we talk about to our clients and we and we take advantage of those things, um, you know clearly have widened the gap in the country. Uh, so we have a skills mismatch in the country. We have a widening wealth gap. And and I'm not like an alarmist about it. I think the country is in, you know, the country is a uh, that that people really um uh it's like the election like there was a lot of anxiety about this last election and the potential for violence or whatever and it just our our country is is made up of you know people who are just interested in in i i don't want to say doing the right thing but in getting along and living their lives peacefully and productively i think i think that 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 people given a chance want to work in a meaningful way and, and make a way and make their families' lives better. That's that's true for, you know, uh, I won't make any jokes. About people on the maybe,
1: maybe I jump in here, Rob. And so we, we talked a, a little bit about Trump tax policies and then uh, universal basic income, uh, which would have to be paid for in some way, theoretically. And so maybe we talk about the other side. There's a question about uh, asking you know, about Biden's tax policy proposals and what it means maybe for savings or retirement plans?
0: Um. Right. Um, it's it's very positive. Uh, I think there, there'll be changes to the retirement policies that will favor savings. They've already done that here in COVID and, and making it much more flexible for people to keep money in IRAs for a longer period of time. For increasing the amounts that can be put in deduction, um, I think the estate tax that that we deal with a lot—that uh, people are, uh, 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 you know, people who have above uh, five million dollars—the estate tax limit is is going to go back to five million in in 2025. I don't see the um, the Biden administration or anyone. Reducing it below a a certain amount, but below the $5 million threshold. The income tax rates will go up, I think, if Biden, um, well.
1: I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot hinging on the Georgia elections, of course. Exactly.
0: That's right. Without, without two Democratic senators in Georgia, there's likely very little that's going to happen. And, 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 and so, um, the market will like that uh, because the market likes a ineffective government because uh, they they can't they can't muck with the business uh, um, and so um, I, I I you know I'm encouraged really I I think certainly the the administration coming in you know has uh, a different international bent. Than the Trump administration in, in the sense of uh, uh, cooperation with Europe, and and that will be a very good thing. Uh, uh, you, wh- wherever you sit, and I and I have to be very careful um, to talk in in neutral terms about politics, uh, because I don't I don't talk about the other sensitive areas of life that we all are more interested in. Um, is that if you look at, at at Trump's impact on the Middle East, it's been very, very positive. Uh, however unpopular his his moves were in terms of making Jerusalem the capital or recognizing it as the capital, there's no question that countries have come around and that there is a greater possibility for peace in the Middle East, at least not war between Israel and a number of its neighbors that that the effective power has been aligned where it's Iran and its allies against the Saudis and their allies and and Israel is not like the 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 focus of enmity of everyone in the Middle East and um uh it'll be very interesting to see if this nuclear accord which of course every everyone wants a nuclear accord uh when you look at 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 russia and china and and whoever else is out there uh uh that that has an interest in expanding their their uh, their influence just like every nation it it wants to be a world power wants to expand its influence um is what i i will i just don't know where the biden administration will go uh in terms of that uh that that interaction with Iran but that that
1: doesn't necessarily impact taxes (laughs) yeah it doesn't impact taxes either right yeah sorry yeah I I think you know from everything I've read um, unless we have that shift in Georgia which is you know the odds are are against it at the moment but um, everything I've read seems to state that we're actually going to see uh, incremental tax cuts initially there's the um, the tax that was put in where you couldn't deduct your state taxes anymore, and it seems to have bipartisan support to remove that. And so you'll be able to, you should be able to deduct your state taxes again, which actually would be sort of a, a stimulus to the people, right? It'd be, uh, it'd be good for the, the general population, which would create economic activity.
0: That, that's good, particularly for the uh, states of New York and California and New Jersey yeah which which it
1: was intentionally made to impact the law was was int- intentionally made to impact them, but it also was a tax increase across the across the country, which is one of the first places that they 're looking to remove that, and it 's likely to get bipartisan support because it 's a tax cut um, so the the next question we might wrap up with the there's a marijuana stock question here, and we'll probably come back to that at the at the end, hopefully. Um, there's a question about the effect of the development of water futures. Um,
0: okay. Um, and there's also the question that came in about the dollar crashing, about the possibility or what the impact would be of of the dollar crashing. So. Of course. Um, you know water is a is a is something that i believe people see as their right like like air Um, and you know new mexico of course has a long history of 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 disputes and like many places and water is clearly a a clean natural water is a is a very valuable resource um I don't see it as being a a commodity on which and i in in which long term that that people will be making money in. Not that it doesn't become more scarce, but it is it's it's a it's a public resource. It's a it, and and so I think the ability of of individuals to make money on water is limited. So I, I think we have a limited interest in, in water futures, like speculating about, about stuff, about, uh, precious metals. Um, uh, I mean, having, having access to clean water is a benefit and places that have clean water is where real estate values, uh, um, uh, will continue to climb over time as, the population growth and and the conditions in the in different areas gets either better or worse as far as quality of life so um, you know I, it's a little bit like trading in carbon tax offsets wh- which which people like Goldman Sachs made a market in and probably still do make a market in and 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 i I never really wanted to participate in that because I I felt like that was an area that that you know the the country and various nations should make a policy and stick to it and that it wasn't uh, about economic incentives and you can, I I can't say that about very many things in in our public life but but water and 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 you know clean air and that kind of thing is is uh, so philosophically I'm not a, a believer in it um and maybe Kyle you have a different uh, perspective
1: I don't think so okay um, uh, yeah, miss Maybe we talk about the dollar. There's a couple of questions about the dollar, and one is just it's about the u s debt in general and the impacts of u s debt on the dollar and then we also have a question about the uh, the dollar's decline and so i'm I'm happy to talk about the dollar's decline or if you want to start with the uh, with the impact on uh, increasing debt and what that means for China's powers Rob is having a uh, visual issue with the uh,
0: with the sun
1: coming in on him.
0: No, I'm ha- I'm in the east coast and it's getting dark outside so I just turned the light on but...
1: Oh okay. I thought the sun
0: was in your eyes. Yeah, it is. It's just my future is too bright. I I need sunglasses for for all that. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Um go ahead Kyle while I mess with my my technology and
1: and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it's been really fascinating to to see over the past uh over the past year the decline in the strength of the US dollar. Uh what we had basically is we had there's a, a give and take between interest rates and and currencies. And the US in two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen had a much higher interest rate than most most countries around the globe. And, and we actually still continue to have a higher interest rate. Uh, many countries have negative interest rates and, and the U.S. has around, you can get uh, 0.9 today for a, a 10-year U.S. Treasury. So put your money away for 10 years and get less than uh, 1% annual interest back on that. But uh, So what happened was we had a rapidly strengthening U.S. dollar as interest rates were really high. And that acts as a counter to foreign dollars coming into the U.S. Now, as we've had a push to uh, lower interest rates, and we saw interest rates down, I think, as low as 0.5% on a 10-year, uh, what coincided with that was a weakening of the U.S. dollar because it slows the inflow of outside dollars into the into the U.S. And so it creates a weaker U.S. dollar. And that was... Very much intentional, uh, and Rob and I were talking before the call started about the impacts it's had on, on U.S. manufacturing. Uh, we had a, a big dip in prior years because, uh, because of the strong U.S. dollar and now with a weaker U.S. dollar, we're seeing better U.S. manufacturing numbers. And so, uh, we're, we're actually seeing the U.S. 10-year creep up. We were down as low as 0.5 or 0.6, and now we're at 0.9. And so we've seen a big increase in the in the interest rate, which actually should lead to further strengthening of the U.S. dollar, uh, supposing that other countries aren't also seeing increased rates. But um, it, it, there's a lot of kind of give and take there with the issuance of, you know, of new money, right, as we look to do another stimulus, there's probably a further weakening if we see additional stimulus, but we could also see that countered with the higher interest rates. You have thoughts on that rob sure
0: um, I, you know there's a there's always the backdrop of people worried about the status of the u s as a world power as the policeman of the world, as the leading uh, manufacturer, as the leader of cultural activity, um, for whatever kind of self-deprecating things or doubts we have about our our status as a nation, um, and the dollar being the medium of exchange that's used internationally as, as the most stable store of value, like we were talking about Bitcoin earlier. Now, um, there aren't, there, there are, there are governments that are in better shape than ours, uh, notably Singapore and Hong Kong and, um, uh, uh, Switzerland, uh, countries who have their financial houses in order. Um, uh, but none of them project their, their power, uh, like the U.S. And just as English is likely, I heard someone describe it the other day as the universal language. Oh, it was on that Ker- Korean show, uh, about the, about the 16th century uh, acupuncturist who came to modern day Seoul. Um, English as the universal language, the dollar has a, a uh, um a fungibility and it, and so long as we are a a a a country that uh people want to put their capital wh- whatever the interest rates are i don't see that changing long term i don't i don't i don't think that japan or europe or china are in any better shape financially than the U.S. long term, um, and they certainly don't have the, um, I think, the appeal to as many people on every continent. And I, so I don't see the U.S. dollar's position as the medium of change, or unless there is some default or some reordering of uh, of the obligation. And, and I just, I, I don't, I, I think even if that happens, if, even if you postulate a, you know, weird scenario for things getting out of hand, let's say that, that the US treasury somehow screws up and when they hold an auction, like when Kyle talks about 0.7% on the 10 year treasury, what he's talking about is when the US government wants more money, they they hold an auction and they they don't print, but electronically they create these 10-year bonds and then they offer them to banks and insurance companies. And if no one will buy them, then they offer them to the US Treasury itself. It's a little incestuous, of course, that the government can create bonds and then sell them to another branch of the government who can then move it to a bank, the central bank who then can move it to the commercial banks, it's a little bit like magic, you know, it's a little bit like pulling a rabbit out of a out of a hat because you can't really keep your eye on it that well and, and by the time it reappears, it's in the system. And um uh so so the US dollar has has the support of, of, of the world um unless unless it doesn't. Unless there's a event that makes confidence go away. And I don't know who you would have more confidence in, but it brings us sort of back to the Bitcoin concept, right? That when the number of Bitcoin reaches whatever, 21 million or something, supposedly it stops and that it can't be depreciated by, by overspending, right? Which is the problem that people have with currencies when they when the us dollar went off the gold standard uh, just like when when england couldn't pay its debts and the empire you know it's being a little older now it's interesting you, you know to have young people sort of have to humor you as you digress and trail into history as if history wasn't important right as if the history of the british empire is irrelevant to the history of present day United States. Well, I don't think it is irrelevant. So it is like the British were bankrupted by the two world wars, right? They were decimated and they couldn't afford to put themselves back together again, even though some people really believe that their overseas holdings and, and uh, just like you know the, the Vatican, that they still wield a lot of power, but the US's power is is more broad based, and so i I don't see a, a dollar crisis a, a dollar crash. I don't see Bitcoin even though logically it makes sense that there are problems with bitcoin that it can be stolen and hacked and and it has been in the past, and that um, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to make bitcoin right so if you're if you're green oriented. You know, the, the mining of Bitcoin takes the same amount of electricity every year as half of the Argentinian economy. That, that's how much computer power it takes to run Bitcoin. And, you know, if we had free and unlimited energy, uh, uh, then it wouldn't be a problem. But for, for if you're a, a socially responsible or concerned about climate change, think think about the electricity that goes into,
1: into Bitcoin
0: and and. Um,
1: it, that's a Oh, I'm just going to say it's a, a good place for me to jump off into the next question for us, Rob, great. since we're, we're coming up on 330 and we've got a couple more questions to get You'll through.
0: Back in, Kyle, that's your job.
1: Yeah, uh, so. We've, we've got a question that came in just, we're talking about Bitcoin and the energy it takes for Bitcoin and, and we just had a a question that said, if we have any insights about oil and gas in the future, uh, we've seen a really incredible run up in energy over, you know, so far this quarter. It's pretty, pretty, pretty stark to see. I mean, uh, the S&P 500 energy is up 32% so far this quarter, while they remain down 34% for the year, uh, still up 32% in this quarter. Um, so it's it's improving situation now, but really the question is, how do we see oil and gas in the future and then its relation to climate change and renewables?
0: Well, um, yes, it's up a lot now. It's still down, um, Exxon, Chevron are all cutting their their projections, their capital budgets. It's 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 had a huge impact. The COVID economy, uh, the reduction in travel and 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 retail has definitely uh, changed the character of the environment. The uh, oil and gas, the fracking industry in the U.S. Which, which Trump was very proud of energy independence, which I think we still have. That is, we produce more than we consume and we export energy. I think that continues, but the boom economies of, of uh, New Mexico, Southern New Mexico, West Texas, North Dakota, um, have definitely been, been, been curtailed and likely will remain so um, as people adapt to doing things without traveling as much, and um so uh i i i being a true contrarian i you know i i think as as investments um it's always worth looking at things when they're down uh, and the, and the prospects are for them to go out of business that's that's when you want to buy things uh when the news is bad it it that doesn't speak to the long-term impacts of will oil and gas will we use up all the oil and gas that is here and what will be the environmental impact if we do now i don't think anybody uh, morally rises above the discussion if you if you uh, if you got on an airplane the last 5 years you're a participant in the oil and gas economy so uh, people a lot of people don't like me to say that uh, um, but we all use oil and gas, and 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 I think we're unlikely to go to an all-electric uh, car or truck. Not, I think we will eventually, and and that's why Tesla's stock is doing what it's doing. Um, uh, uh, and un- unfortunately, um, uh, like Bitcoin, which I was about to say, the Tesla. Tesla's main um, market has been China, and and the photovoltaics uh, uh, cells or, or equipment comes a lot from China because the Chinese have targeted photovoltaics and, uh, as an area that they want to dominate, and they are dominating it. It's if you're buying a solar system, your your solar equipment probably comes from China, and Uh, and the relationship to bitcoin is because it relies so much on energy the chinese are by far the, the the biggest producers of bitcoin so in a way participating in the bitcoin economy you're you know funneling your money if you want to make that connection to the chinese government and and supporting them so it's it's Obviously no one wants the the world to collapse under a carbon uh, uh, a disaster scenario. And um, how quickly and how we move uh, to renewable energy and what the
1: technology is in terms of, of automobiles and transportation, a little bit out of my scope. Yeah, well, I'll just say, when we relate back to that, something that's occurring in the in the market itself is that we're actually seeing the trading speed up faster than we are the technologies. And so, what, what we're ending up with is a lot of speculation in the market around these companies. Uh, I mean it there was sort of a checklist that you could have filled out 2 months ago that if your company had the name renewable in it or it said battery or lithium or solar that your stock was going to go up whether or not you were a good company and so we've we've seen a lot of trading activity in those areas which are moving forward faster than the actual technologies or the companies themselves and i think that you know that run up has created a lot of additional risk in the market just because of the you know the enormous valuations of of these companies right. and, and and that's probably part of the reason that we're seeing that that shift back to tra- traditional energies in a way is that the valuations on on an Exxon or a Chevron look really appealing to a lot of investors. When you see the run up in, in a, in a company like Tesla, which has a kind of a skyrocketed price to earnings ratio or something like that. And, and so you have a, you have a natural rotation because people are people are weary of, of the current valuations.
0: Right. Weary and attracted. They go, you know, depending on where you sit on the spectrum of, of uh you know, chasing momentum investments which which we try not to do. So um, you know, I'm I'm happy to stay on. There's a, a good a good cross section of people. Let's let's see if there are other questions and you know, if you feel like dropping off, we won't be offended because we're, you know, past our official time, but you know, this is like an encore or a bonus time. We started a little early. I'm I'm happy to run a little late, but but let's 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 see if there are other questions.
1: Um, I, I did just just as a courtesy, I'll just talk about marijuana stocks just for for a moment. Uh, so there's a question about marijuana stocks and. And where they go, Uh, generally, we actually don't see, and uh, I've talked about this with some clients, is that we don't actually see many good traded marijuana stocks in the U.S. markets. A lot of investors that are buying marijuana stocks are unaware that they're really just buying Canadian companies and not U S companies. So as, as we see the liberalization of marijuana policy in the United States, we've seen a run-up of Canadian owned marijuana companies moving upward, which, which is a terrible trade because it, a lot of people think that they're getting U S based exposure or actually buying a uh, Canadian exposure. So I, I would make sure that as an investor that you're, you're very cautious uh, in these trades. Uh, we generally, Uh, are not buying marijuana stocks unless it's specifically client directed. Uh, Again, this is not these views are my views only, and they're not those of the company and this does not uh, make it investment advice. But um, so I I just think that, you know, as, as you look at those types of investments that people should be very cautious whether they're making bets based on it being um, based on the, the election or the future of it, I think there's there's still many unknowns, and picking companies is really spotty and difficult. And that often investors are are ill informed and get caught up in, the, in a trade versus necessarily a good investment. And and that's kind of how I how I view those stocks. And that that's that's holding out any of the kind of the the social questions or. Impacts and, and not getting into that. Just thinking about it as an, as an investment only.
0: Right. We ha- we have a I don't know uh, maybe we'll see it. Are there are there questions that anybody I don't know if can can can
1: people unmute themselves? People is can people I think I believe they have the ability to unmute themselves. Is that correct? It's worth a shot. If Contessa tries to unmute herself, that would be very helpful in our testing process.
0: That works. Yes.
1: Yeah, so if you have a question, you'd like to ask a question, please feel free to unmute yourself. It looks like we have, uh, Ava has unmuted.
0: <laughs> hi. Um, I, I participate, let me put on my headphones. I participated in, hi, I participated in the, the, uh, the webinar for Women in Investing. And I realized I don't really understand the connection with Hyde high- Raccoon Group and how do people use, do people use both resources?
1: Great. That's, uh, I'd be happy to explain or if you'd like to, Rob. Uh, basically, so for a long time, uh, the Raccoon Group has had a back office relationship with various companies who provide things like compliance support and HR support, and then also uh certain research functionality. And so uh, when we do Hightower is that company that provides that back office support for us now. And so we, we've had a ongoing relationship with Hightower and, and uh, all the trading and investment decisions run out of the raccoon group, but we were able to utilize them as a resource.
0: I see. Okay, thank
1: you.
0: Um, Is there someone who has another question? I might talk about biotech stocks for a second and sort of the COVID developments and how that relates to the market Uh, because we have uh, uh, seen uh, Moderna and some other companies do extremely well. And as we approach the manufacturing and distribution challenges of of a vaccine um, and I guess this is going full circle to where we started in terms of the impact of the economy is that when when will there be sort of um, enough people who are uh, 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 vaccinated with a vaccine that is actually effective enough um, to, to make the country's economy go back not go back but to but to cross over the threshold where um you know uh people can shop and and do whatever go to go to movie theaters, let's say where no one is going to a movie theater um, and it's been a tremendous uh, uh show of 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 cooperation between countries in terms of producing various types of vaccines i I can't speak to their effectiveness um, um, and, and individuals and how it's very interesting to look at individual countries who, who are not rushing to uh, 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 make vaccines available. Countries that have instituted social controls in, in ways that have effectively curtailed the, the spread of COVID uh, are not necessarily rushing to apply for the vaccines, whereas countries like Britain, who everyone's aware of is like the first out of the gate, um, has a very strong economic reason to try and use vaccines to jumpstart their economy, which is about to go through some wrenching changes with the Brexit. And also who has one of the smallest national budgets for medical care, uh, because they're, 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 you know, I, I, I don't know how to characterize their economy, but the 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 nationalized medical system and this isn't making any kind of a political statement is you know they they were very ill equipped to deal with the the actual hard medical costs i think of dealing with a uh, 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 a covid infected population, so it makes sense to me uh that britain would be would be doing that and um so there you know companies like johnson and johnson that have you know a, a manufacturing capability and a distri- distribution capability um are are likely to to benefit the, the large pharmaceuticals and the and in the in the biotech industry uh um that they have partnered uh, along with others, and they, they spend much of their time scouting out promising uh, uh, technologies and, and products that they can then distribute. So um, it's an area that we we look at a lot in terms of uh, deciding on, on investments.
1: Uh, COVID has been really interesting. Uh, it's sort of like the water conversation, the water futures conversation we talked about earlier. And there's been a lot of talk with companies about the greater kind of public good, almost as it being like your access to live without COVID as a human right, almost. And uh, we definitely see that some companies have, will be foregoing, you know, the outsized profits in which they could earn on a vaccine versus what they will actually realize. And so uh, really the focus is looking at those companies that make good acquisitions as it relates to acquiring new biotech companies, but also really choosing out companies that were well-run and managed before, which then stand to capitalize uh, sort of in this situation.
0: Good. Well, um, any, any brave souls to ask uh, a question about, uh, something that we haven't covered yet? Um, Rob? Yes. You, you look like you'd be very comfortable strolling somewhere in Paris. Well, yes. Are you offering me a ticket to Paris? If I'll- no, but I, I, I do. I will offer a question. Um, I, Though you might consider these things momentum stocks, can you speak to the popularity of stocks like Tesla and, and, and why they've run up as much as they have and maybe where they go from here? I think Kyle really already touched upon that, Mark, in the sense that um, there is an over-enthusiasm for all things electric Um and uh um we we think it's it's overvalued, so we don't think it continues on its traje- trajectory. Um and and uh I think the same thing could have been said for marijuana stocks when when marijuana you know gets adapted by various uh states and there's no not yet a nationwide or a federal acceptance of it. Um all of all of these come with, with risks. And there's certainly a place for people that have high risk money, which is appropriate for some people and not for others in their portfolio. And so I think it's an asset allocation decision first to say what portion of your portfolio should be in stocks, what portion should be in aggressive stocks. And then, Hey, if you're, if you've got X number of dollars for aggressive stocks, and you would like to own individual companies, which we like to own uh, uh, and not just use the indexes, um, uh, which may or may not be uh, the, the way to do it in the long run, then uh, you know, buying something with a high price earnings ratio, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's in the right dollar amount and in the right part of the portfolio. So I think that's, sort of the closest we can get to any kind of advice given Kyle's chastising yeah. of, uh, of-
1: <laughs> I, I'd, 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 I'd also just add to that is that we're, we're always looking at and examining trends in the market or sort of trends in the world and looking at the future and saying, okay, what do we believe is going to be a strong investment philosophy moving forward? We're very long-term investors. We, we really do believe in uh, alternative energies, electric vehicles, and solar long-term. There's, there's, there's no question that we think that those are going to be trends that continue to grow into the future. It's just a question of saying, okay, is the trading activity and the run-up in prices that we're seeing today justified? Right. Because we have to assign a valuation to these companies and and believe that the long term growth is going to continue to uh... Eventually equal that value, and, and so what we've seen is this rapid run up. And although we believe in electric into the future, we don't necessarily believe in the current valuations in which we're seeing. And so there's no argument about the future of Tesla. There's no argument about uh, photovoltaics or energy storage. The argument is against the valuations in which we're seeing the stocks.
0: Well, the time to buy, if you're and we are essentially value investors. We like to we like to buy. have a a basis in numbers and not and not be buying based on sort of uh enthusiasm in the public because generally the public uh uh follows the, the the worst trend that is they they jump in at the wrong time and uh and are taken advantage of by uh by other people that that's generally how it goes and so i think That's another way of of saying that. The the emotional appeal of of companies is not necessarily a good indicator of when it's the right time to buy or sell. We say if you don't feel queasy in the stomach when you're making a buy, you probably are paying too much. And and if you don't have some regret about selling, you know, you're, you're not looking ahead. It, it takes it takes it, it's tough emotionally to do things that are contrary to what is in the public media. We're natural contrarians and characters just why we live in Santa Fe and Asheville and places that are a little bit odd. So um well with that uh, any again we keep asking for uh for questions so that no one no voice goes unheard. Well, I could uh, I'd like to ask something well uh, you yourself have said uh, today that this incredible spending spree of the United States government uh and you're kind of marveling that that it hasn't we haven't paid the price yet. And I share that feeling very much and I feel we will pay the price and it we can't just say because the last 20 years people have been talking that way. uh And the situation has gotten more and more, more worse and worse that it will still continue to somehow work, so if we want to guard against that hedge against. A, a, a dollar drop, maybe not a calamitous one, but you know a, a significant dollar drop, what would you recommend. Well. There are lots of alternatives to the dollar. There's Bitcoin and gold are two very obvious uh, alternatives to the dollar. Uh, buying other currencies is, is another way of hedging. It's, you know, we've done it in the past. We've made some money, but at the, the transaction costs are very high to try and do something in currencies. And, um, and it, it's and I, I appreciate what you're saying, uh, George. And I know uh, that uh, that it does make sense to diversify, and and that diversification is really our answer to the question of if this doesn't make sense, if the government uh, level of, of debt doesn't make sense, um, but it's still going in that direction. What does make sense? It's 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 impossible to time. When when something will change, like when the, the people will come to the realization that it's an uh, we're on an unsustainable track, and and it it means that something large will change. It will be unexpected. We 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 can't predict the timing or what will happen, uh, but we can take steps. It's why we buy real estate. It's why we buy income-producing real estate. It's why we lend money to other people in real estate, it doesn't mean that those markets are without risk either, because they have risk. But um uh it's it's it, one of the few things we can do is diversify it it's work and it's messy. Uh it's hard to get values, uh, the tax tracking is more difficult. We had a, a meeting yesterday uh, uh which was you know what interesting if you're a, a tax nerd uh, to 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 figure out these private investments. It's it's why we have done a a fair amount of specializing in in outside assets. So diversification is is the is the best protection. Great. Well, everyone has been very kind to stay on and and not throw eggs. Thank you very much, Uh, I I wish, um, you know, I I know pretty much everyone who's on here and I'm really very grateful uh, to you. It's wonderful to see your faces. And if you, you know, uh, what shall we do here, uh, uh, Elizabeth?
1: We'll be ending our recording, but we just also wanna say that we continue to be available to answer anybody's questions. Uh, we try to follow up with everyone after the tea. So if you have follow-up questions, please feel free to email them to me, Rob, Contessa, or anyone else on the team, Karen, uh, Anthony, Nogioni. Uh She can give a wave there. Uh, she'll probably, she may forward the question on to us if you send it to her, but uh, all of us remain available to answer any additional questions that we didn't answer on this, or if it has, brings up any questions you have around your own portfolio, we'd be happy to talk about that as well well and in that scenario we would be able to give specific investment advice versus this general call um also tomorrow is the first day of hanukkah so happy hanukkah to all of you who celebrate hanukkah and then uh we won't see you all before christmas so if you celebrate christmas uh happy christmas or merry christmas i believe is the phrase to all of you that celebrate christmas so uh in case we don 't speak that's that 's how we can end it today Rob What about
0: Kwanzaa i 'm feeling like culturally deprived isn't Kwanzaa
1: a uh, of year Kwanzaa I believe is coming up Yes
0: thank you very much Appreciate very good it.
1: i I did receive a special delivery of uh New York bagels that were mailed fresh to me from my aunt today. And so my bagel, my office smells like a New York deli right now. So it smell I probably smell like an everything bagel as well. But, uh, not that that's how I wanted to end this call, but, uh, as we approach Hanukkah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Great. And
0: a special thanks, uh, to all of you who turned on, had the, you know, to turn on your video and and because seeing your faces is really quite inspirational. And um uh but we're we're happy to have you, even if you don't have your video on, uh um, because uh 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 it's it's really great to communicate. And that's what we do is we we kind of stay together as a as a country, really. We're very optimistic about the future of the country, and um uh uh, whatever the problems are, we're very, you know, we're used to articulating problems, but not, not, not all of the great things that are going on because there's so many that we have, uh, it, it, so much opportunity. Um, uh, of course the people here, we're all blessed with access, um, uh, you know, to technology and, uh, um, anyway, it'll be great to see everyone in person. Uh, but, you know, there are upsides too, right? Upsides to everything. So anyway, please keep in touch and and write, as my father would say, write if you get work. Don't take any wooden nickels. Keep a stiff upper lip,
1: whatever. <laughs> and with that, Elizabeth, you could <laughs> end the recording. Yeah. All right, everyone.
0: See you around if you don't turn square. <laughs> That's Thank right. you. Thank you. We'll we'll Take care.